welcome. Thank you for reserving this time to join me. This show is Story You Talk Radio, and it is all about the stories you live by. Right now, one of the stories that most of us live by, at least on this side of the globe, is that we're kind of thawing out from the winter season and we're just poking our nose into spring. We're not quite ready, at least in the Seattle area, to shed our coats, but the long winter of rain is passing over and these beautiful blue skies are available to us. There's there's a quick step in our walk. There's a happy smile on our face. We're starting to feel spring. And if you look at the calendar, you can see only about a week away, we're going to be changing our clocks. Springtime is a great time to write your story. It's a time of inevitable change and growth. If you're out and about in the springtime, you can't help but notice those little buds that are making their way up. And in a very short period of time, they will be in full bloom. I like to think of spring as a time in which we just sprout up. It seems like it happens so quickly, but often that's because in these colder months we are hibernating and incubating and visualizing and sort of coming into our own. But spring is a great time to shine and to let others see that shine. So we're going to be talking today about why springtime is a great time to dive right into your story and to share it with others. My name is Coach Debbie, and I help people who are first, second, and third-time authors write their books, their brands, and their blogs. And I do this from Seattle, Washington. I can help anyone around the globe, but I do tend to work mostly local, just like KKNW is a local station where I invite local writers. I tend to also work mostly local with new authors. But that doesn't mean that I can't work with you, Sue, who is in New Zealand and inquiring about putting her memoirs together. And it doesn't mean that I can't work with you, Tammy, who I know is on the brink of a serious, wonderful memoir. So as you are putting these thoughts together for your next book, consider the idea that you might need a little help along the way. What I specialize in is helping people understand that we spend a lot more time thinking about our books and a lot less time actually writing our books. And in fact, if you want to trust me on a little heroic journey, I will take you through the process, a 90-day process to be specific, and you'll complete that draft in that three months' time. Doesn't necessarily mean that you can bypass an editor. That would come next. Doesn't necessarily mean that Random House is going to be pounding down your front door asking to be your publisher, but it doesn't mean they won't. It means that that book that's been on your mind is now written. And now you have a lot of choices. 
You don't have very many choices when the book is just bumbling around in your mind, going with you on the bus everywhere you go, right? You got to get that thing on paper. And once you do, the choices unfold in front of you. Maybe your next choice is going to be to get an editor. Maybe it's to get an agent. Maybe it's to employ an entire team. Maybe you know already exactly what you want to do as a self-publisher. But those first 90 days, getting it from your mind onto paper, that's where my real specialty comes in. And if you would like to work together in the springtime, you are in luck because you're listening to my radio station where I do lovely giveaways. And I would love to give away a nice 10% discount if you want to sign up for the Early Bird Special. All you got to do is write to me. Write to my email address, which is askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. Debbie is spelled with a Y. So it's askcoachdebbie, D-E-B-B-Y, at gmail.com. Just write to me and say, I want to write my book in the spring. I want to get the 10% discount. I want to be on that early bird special. I want to be one of the first people you consider. That's all you got to do. It's not a it's not a difficult format. Just tell me what's on your mind and let's get going. I don't take everyone. It's not because I'm mean. It's because I, I want a real good fit for you and for me. So I do take you through a process of a few questions and just find out where you're at And if I do feel it's a good fit, I invite you to come and work with me. And if I know of someone that I think is actually going to serve you better, I'll let you in on that as well. So that's what I have on offer right now. The final thing I want to mention is that I will be traveling a bit in March. And if you're thinking, I don't want to do 90 days, I want to do one big day. I want to take one big day out of my month and really sit down and work with a pro and lay out my book and get a lot of my answers, my questions answered and and feel that you walk away with a real strong direction. I call that a VIP day. Yeah, it's just me and you. We meet up and we do exactly that. We lay it all out. So You have a plan, and if you want to call me up afterwards, you certainly can, but I won't be giving you homework assignments, nothing like that at all. You are on your own unless you choose not to be. It's called a VIP day, and I am offering those in March in Seattle, in Portland, and in L.A., specifically Santa Monica. So if you want to get on that list, I just got two seats left for March. And I would love, love, love to hear what you're up to. All righty. So I bet you have some questions. I gave you a whole bunch of information there. Feel free to call me. The number is 425-373-5527. That's our local number here in Seattle. And you can also call toll-free 1-888-298-5569. That's 1-888-298-5569. Guess who you are going to talk to 
When you call that number, you're going to talk to Eric Ryder, the engineer, right here. Hi, Eric. Hi, good afternoon. Good to talk to you on this beautiful day, Debbie. It is a beautiful day. It's just the sunlight is pouring through the windows here. It is quite nice. And you're right. We're here for people that uh, have questions of you that want to get started with their writing. And if you don't mind, I'll just give the number one more time. It's 425-373-5527 or toll free in Western Washington. That's 888-298-5569 also known as 888-298-KKNW. Oh, thank you so much. That's the nice man who's going to take your call. We will get you on the air and just talk about what's on your mind about your book. Hey, I want to reach out to Leslie, who called in on January 30th. If you're listening, Leslie, you proposed a great idea for a business. And it was specifically around reusing children's clothes and really benefiting the lives of single moms. I'd like to know how that's all going. We talked about how you might take 30 minutes of your morning to develop that process. If you want to call in, share a little bit with me, and maybe we can talk about your next steps. I'm right here for you. And anyone who's a little shy and would prefer... Facebook Messenger, you know I'm constantly glancing at that while we do the show, and I'm just as happy to take your questions from there as from the phone. And I saw before the show that Tammy had a question, so we're going to make sure we get to you during the show. So today we are talking about writing your book in springtime, because it's almost here, it's so close and as we're thawing out from our coldest days of winter, we're, we're kind of preparing for new life, just like those beautiful flowers that are just about to pop up. It's really a time of what I think of as quick growth. And I want to invite you to embark on the magic of spring and consider writing your story during spring because... If you are a sun worshiper, you could get out on the beach by summer and have your book finished if you wrote it in the spring. Yeah, just something to ponder. So let's talk about what it feels like to be in the wintertime with our thoughts as opposed to what it feels like to be in the springtime with our thoughts. And I've taught a lot, a lot of students. You know this is so... I. I started in 1998 transitioning from being a one-on-one tutor to a a college associate professor in the classroom where I was teaching 75 students per quarter. And some of you know that I opted not to have children because I thought it it might be too hard to do that and also be a, a teacher responsible for students. And looking back... I don't know what I was thinking, opting to be a, a, a teacher responsible for 75 students instead of opting to have two children. But, yeah, maybe it, maybe it still is t- tougher to be a parent. Probably is. But let me tell you, I was in for a challenge, really working mentally to get into the minds of 75 kids for 12 weeks at a time, and then they go on, and you get another batch. And you work with them. And 
really, best teaching happens when you want to know each person individually. But what I found was that there were common ways people think during certain seasons. And I had to teach for a number of years to really get into the habit of noticing this. As a teacher myself, I had my own thinking that was a little more mm, challenging in the winter time to to work through, whereas in the summertime, I found that I was really inspired to do things, but I wasn't necessarily disciplined. In the winter, though, I had more of a discipline, but I didn't necessarily have new vision. So, so there was this this weird energy of how you work with the seasons, and it's really about getting to know yourself. And what I found was that doing my journaling in the winter time produced a lot more um, vision and action in the springtime. Ooh, I'm getting excited. Looks like we have a caller coming in. I can't wait. Okay, Eric's on the way. He's going he's gonna to go see what you have to say. Meanwhile, back to this notion of winter and spring. When you're in the winter time of thinking about your book, you might have this common thought, and that is that no one has really been through what I've been through. But how would I express that in a book? And I want to warn you that it's the first part of that thought that really creates a wintertime stumbling block. No one's really been through what I've been through. Nobody really gets me. Nobody really has walked in my shoes. So nobody's really going to pick up my book and want to read about it. Yeah, you know, we've all gone through certain things, but We've gone through them in our own way. So as a writer, when you're in that wintertime thought that your divorce was like no other, well, you're, you're probably right. And if you're in that wintertime thought of your mm, bankruptcy was like, oh, nothing that's ever been published, or your, ooh, your scandal, you know, is just off the charts, or maybe it's something really happy. Maybe your windfall. Maybe you've never read a story that documents your windfall exactly the way you went through it. The wintertime thoughts make us think we are so isolated and that we are so unusual. And we're not always conscious that that's what's going on. But if we're not writing It's often what's going on. If we're not taking down our thoughts, it's often what's going on is that we feel like we're some sort of enigma or anomaly and that there will be no place for our story when, in fact, we're going through something others have gone through. Millions and billions, I'm going to say billions of people throughout history, guess what? They've divorced. When I went through mine, I I was thinking there were only three people on the planet that had ever 
gone through one and there were only three people that might understand me, but I was wrong. There were millions and billions of people who had already gone through it. Who could give me a hand? Who even said, you know, your story has some unique twists and turns in there. You might want to write about it someday. And see, that's the brilliance of spring. That's when you realize that, yes, I'm in this pool with many, 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 many people that have gone through something like divorce, like bankruptcy, like whatever you've gone through, but they didn't go through it exactly the way I went through it. And I could share a lesson or two or three or five in my own way that would really do some good in the world. And when you start thinking like that, you're just like the little sprout that's coming up and getting ready to bloom. You're coming into your springtime thinking around your story. Yeah? So you know this is true with your own story. And if you need some help with it, we're going to be right back taking your calls, taking your texts, and answering your questions. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. This is Jim at a party. Dude, pass it. Hi there. This is Jim making nachos. Hi there. This is Jim watching his favorite horror movie. Oh yeah, definitely hi there. And this is Jim driving his car. Dude, not hi there. Jim's making good decisions and not getting behind the wheel when he's high because he knows that if you feel different, you drive different. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Talk radio that will get you thinking. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. This is the station that focuses on the stories you live by, and my hope is the stories that you're writing. I'm Coach Debbie, and I help first, second, and third time authors get their story on paper, and it's my goal to make sure you complete that draft in 90 days. You've been walking around thinking about it. It's time to write it down. And to note our theme for the day, there's no better time to write it than the springtime. We're coming out of the cold winter. I hope there's not snow on the ground where you are, but if there is, it's thawing away, and very, very soon, you are going to see spring sprouting up. And there are thoughts we can get into in the winter, sometimes where we feel like, What we have gone through as a individual living the human experience, that it's just so unique and so unusual, nobody's really going to want to read about it. Or some people just think it's what everyone goes through. 
But the springtime is a time for more clarity. It's a time when we really come into our own and we bloom and we blossom and we grow from all that time of hibernation and incubation. So we go from sort of thinking that nobody's really been through what I've been through to having a more springtime thought, which is, you know what? I think, I think I'm ready and I think I'm willing to show how I journeyed through my human story, how I did it. Now, when, when I think of the idea that there are so many kids in the world that started or even stayed in special education, they all have a story. And I was one of them. I was one of those kids that starting at the age, I think, two and a half, I was placed in special ed because I have about 20% acuity in my eyesight. And we're talking about when I pop in my contact lenses, you know, not, not when I roll out of bed and I'm still fumbling around, but when I'm ready and fixed for the day, I'm, I'm functioning at, at a marginal level when you just think of eyesight. So one of the great services of the world is we have all kinds, well, at least in, in the United States, we have all kinds of ways of meeting and accommodating people that have special needs. So I started my education there. Now, I've come to know many, 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 many people who started there and some who stayed in special education for their entire 18 to 20 years. And you know what? None of the stories are the same. None. And we can get down on those stories in the wintertime, but for some reason, when the sun comes out and when you're feeling the fullness of your experience and when you're feeling like you've really achieved something because you were met. I mean, that's how I feel. I was met as a tiny child who had needs by some of the most incredible teachers. My needs were met. They were seen. And I went on as a kid who was albino and had plenty of struggles to come to understand what would it mean to go through life only taking it in with 20% acuity. There's got to be other ways to see. And that's what my story's about. All the other ways in which we see. And we might block out those ways if we have 20-20 vision, but we all have that kind of intelligence. And I write about it in my memoir. You might be saying, what memoir? The one tucked under my bed that someday I'll publish. That memoir, the one that I've worked hard to really see my own unique story in and to really believe in the idea that it has something to serve, that it will bring people together, that it will do good. That's what our stories do. And we can really feel into that when the warmth of the sun is just a little bit higher in the sky than it was during the winter. And when we're walking along our journeys and we are met with these new blooms, these new flowers, when people that have been hibernating come out and they greet us, 
when we find out that they got a little puppy over Christmas time who's now out and about and on the daily walks. There's something very, very inspiring. And if we allow that inspiring feeling to touch us, we find that we, by nature, share our stories. Like I was saying in the beginning of the show, I have taught quarter after quarter, semester after semester, to so many different students who thought the only person that had really walked through their story was them. And that is true on a certain level. You can go through a story of education, of creativity, of something, something that felt like a disaster, like a divorce or a bankruptcy, and have your own individual experience of it. But what you have to come back to, if you're going to draft that book in 90 days or less, like I'm going to challenge you to do, you have to see that your story was there to not only teach you something, but to help you thrive and help you be an example for others. And really, one of the best ways to do that is to write it down. Once you write it down, there's so much you can do with it. A lot of my content for this show comes right out of the manuscripts I've written. A lot of the content for, in fact, 98% of the content on my blog was once a, a chapter in a book that I either ditched or I felt so proud of that I, I posted it on my blog that day because I didn't want to wait for some publisher to come along and grab a hold of it. Springtime is one of those times in which we really feel into the genuine and uniqueness of what we've been through. And it's almost as if the sun comes out and shines on something that was really tough and says, there's a story here. And if you share it, you'll make a difference. And if you make a difference, you're sparking connection. And when you spark connection, people don't feel as separated and as stuck and as lonely as they might in those colder winter times. And the growth happens, and it feels magical because the growth of springtime goes from being just a little bud to a bright and beautiful flower very, very quickly. With that, I want to move over to questions. Not too late. If you have a question, you can write to me on Facebook Messenger. I got it open right now. Or you can send me an email at askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. Debbie is spelled with a Y. Askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. D-E-B-B-Y. And I'll be happy to read whatever you write to me on the air and offer you an answer. Earlier today, Tammy wrote in and she said, how do I put a very, very full life on paper? Yeah, right? When you look at a piece of paper, you're looking at something that's five by seven, the common spiral notebook, or you're looking at the larger size, eight and a half by 11. And there's an intimidation of, how am I going to get this whole story on that? Or sometimes there's this intimidation of, a lot of books are 250 pages. Um, 
what needs to go in there? What needs to be left out? You know, we're never going to know the answer to that question if we just hang out and think about it. That's, that's one of the number one secrets to writing your book is that you've stopped thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking about it and you've started committing words to paper. So this is step one. And Tammy, I don't know if you've already stepped into step one, but if you haven't, you, you can pull over to the side of the road and start right now. Or you can wait till tomorrow morning. That's fine, too. But step one is important because what you're saying is my story matters enough for paper. It, it's moving from willing to be thinking about it, willing to be turning it over and over in your mind and saying, I'm going to go to the next level and I'm going to put a bit of it on paper. And you said it's coming out of a very, very full life. Well, I believe you. I believe you. We don't have to live 90 years to have a full life. Some people on this planet that have lived a lot by the time they're 10. So what you want to do while you're crafting that story is you want to decide what's going to be the theme where you journeyed where you have something to really offer. So what do I mean by theme? Maybe out of your life, I'm going to look at your picture right now. Oh, you're young and you're beautiful. So maybe you're somewhere in that age bracket of 25 to 45. And you're thinking, you know, I've, I've just been through so much. Well, where's an area that not only you've been through, but you have come out the other side and you feel like you have something to offer? Think about how people come and they lean on you and they talk to you. Or think about how people say to you, do you have a minute? Can I bend your ear about something? Or think about how Sometimes people just volunteer you to help for things. There's areas in your life where you are really skilled and you have something to offer, even if you haven't written a word about it yet. What's that area? I was talking to my accountant recently. We were sitting there and we were putting my taxes together. And always my goal is to only owe $1 or less. (laughs) Like I'm okay, or, you know, five bucks for a really terrible year. But I really try to come out in the end having paid well as I go so that there's no real big surprises once it's tax time, you know, because nobody feels good there. And she was telling me one of the reasons that she got involved in helping people do their taxes. I mean, you know, she's bona fide CPA. She said, one of the reasons I got involved in it was because I grew up hearing people say, I'm not a numbers person. And I said, gosh, that's so interesting. I, I rarely hear people say that. And she said, oh, yeah, it was all around me. She said, I was one of these really, really, really creative people that just loved to draw, loved to be with animals, loved to write things. 
And I was constantly hearing people say, I'm not a numbers person. And she said it, it drew her into thinking, well, who is a numbers person? What is a numbers person? And she found out that in addition to all her creative dreams, she is a numbers person and she sees helping people with their taxes in a very creative manner. Now, I, I'm not that person. I cannot help anyone have a better attitude about doing their taxes. That, that's outside of my genius scope by a long shot. But I'll tell you this. Every time I sit across from Janice and we talk about how my business went that year and we talk about the new things I did and we talk about something that I tried and I was afraid it might not work, but it went okay. And then I admit something I tried and a bomb terribly. We, we engage in story every single time I go to see her. And you know what? She makes numbers fun for me. For one, I never have to write a single number down. She does it all. She does every bit of it. She helps me have an experience. And recently she said to me, I think I have a book in me. And I said, what about? And she said, well, I, I think it's about what it means to be a non-numbers person and have someone on your side. And I went, oh, my goodness. If anyone can write that book, it's you. If anyone can inspire someone to come in here and sit down and have a joyful, storyful version of doing their taxes, it's you. And coming back to Tammy, what I want to say is you and I might, might not think that doing your taxes is an almighty creative thing. But I want to assure you, Janice has turned it into that. And her book will be one that drives people to her business. But it's because she's standing in her authority as a creative person, not just as a CPA, as a creative person. So, Tammy, whatever is blossoming in your very, very full life, even if it, doesn't, it didn't look like something blossoming to begin with, it could be something very traumatic. It could be something that for years you didn't even want to talk about. It's something that you have the corner market on, and you just have to own that. You just have to sit down with yourself and say, and I'm completely making this up because I know you didn't tell me. So, everyone, this is not Tammy's story, but it could be I went through bankruptcy because I had to have a new relationship with money before I ever became a parent. You know, that could be your genius. Or it could be I went through a divorce because I had to have become the best lawyer in my field who could truly be empathetic to women who had been abused. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but you do. And springtime, it's a great time to be with your story and go and capture what is your genius around the story you have been through. Start with the idea that there is some theme 
and you can begin writing it right now. All right. I know the rest of you have questions as well. So here we are at our second break, and I would be most happy to take your questions when we come back. Stay tuned. You've been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. You have to carefully monitor your health for the rest of your life. And you have an increased risk of developing cardiovascular disease. Cut. Take two. Action. You've been diagnosed with a new purpose, to fight for the amazing life you made for yourself. To look that risk of heart disease square in the face and say, no, not me. You've been given a new opportunity to live. Get started at nodiabetesbyheart.org. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world, their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Welcome back. This is Story You Talk Radio, and we are talking today about writing your book in the springtime. And I am giving away a chance to spend an hour together and outline your book. This is something that we would do over the phone. It's not a full VIP day at all, but it is a free consultation for me to hear your story and give you my very best feedback. And we spend about an hour on the phone. And I would like to offer this to someone who says to, to yourself, you know, I know I have a story in me, and I also know that I can't necessarily pay to have such a service right now. I'd like to offer that to you. And all you got to do is be the first person who sends me a message on Facebook Messenger and says, I want to be that one. And leave me your phone number and we'll get going this week. One of the things that I teach my students of, you know, whether they're in the college classroom or whether they're going with me on a 90-day journey to write their book, is that none of us get out of the uh, idea of the hero's journey. And even what I like to call the heroine's journey or that time in which you are with your story and you are going through something so that you can evolve. The hero's journey asks you in a, a difficult nudge to break away from that which you know so well. It, it says you're living too ordinarily, uh, 
and I would like to challenge you to live more effectively. And it can, the hero's journey begins with usually something really difficult, like some kind of loss, financial loss, a human loss, a job loss, uh, a loss in home, something, something that, loss of health is another big one. It, it moves you to go, whoa, um, things are changing for me. And you, you have to start making some decisions very, very quickly because of that loss. And you find that as you're making decisions, you're becoming courageous, but then sometimes you backpedal a little. So we call this the call. It is a call to go on a journey. It is a call for an adventure. But something that just about every single person does, if not every single one. I I would really love to talk to the Dalai Lama and find out if he He skipped over this one particular step. My guess is, if so, he'd be the only one. But I think we all have to go through what then is called the refusal of the call. And when I was studying the hero's journey in Joseph Campbell, I spent a lot of time there. And I spent a lot of time in guilt because the refusal of the call is when you know in your heart of hearts that you got to do something. It's really, 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 really important to you, but you put it off and you tell yourself, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, maybe next month, maybe next lifetime. You decide that that call is pretty fat, it's pretty big, it's pretty challenging, and it makes you feel pretty naked, and you don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. Underneath it all, you really want to do it. But then when you get up the next day, you don't want to do it. Mm -mm. You look at the real day out of your bedroom window and you look at the real responsibilities and, yeah, you you don't want to do it. So that thing, whatever that call is, and maybe it's writing your book, where does it go? Goes on your bucket list, right? goes on your bucket list, that thing that you say, before before I leave this great, wonderful life, I'm going to do this, right? goes on the bucket list. Hopefully, it gets off the bucket list, but definitely goes on there. And you start to think to yourself, hmm, when is this going to happen? And this is you working out the refusal of the call. You know what happens. You put something on your bucket list. Oh, I hate to break it to you, but Joseph Campbell spells it out so well. You start to go through a lot more loss. A lot more. Because that thing on your bucket list wants to be realized. It might be your book. It wants to come into being. It might be some adventure you've said you're willing to take. For me, one thing that was on my bucket list was to meet a a very, very, very important person. And I'm not going to say who right now, but let me just say this. When, When I met her, 
And when I got to find out that she is just another ordinary, beautiful, wonderful woman walking the planet just like you and I and everyone else, I couldn't understand why I had waited so long to meet her. But all I can tell you is I kept thinking if I put it off for one more day, I'll be a better person when I go and meet her. And we just are who we are. We're our best if we're putting intention into it. We put things on our bucket list to refuse the call to be all that we are. Springtime is a beautiful time to go and look at your bucket list because you're all thawed out, right? You're not all frozen up. You're all thawed out. You're looking around. You're seeing the spring. You're seeing the buds. And you're asking yourself, what's possible? What could I do that I could not do on icy ground? What can I do now that there's sun overhead? What can I do now that the days are a little longer? How might I feel into the possibilities? If you want to write your book, springtime is a great time to write your book. I happen to be offering an opportunity for those who want to start their book in the springtime. And my early bird special, like I mentioned before, it's going on right now. I just need an email from you, some emojis from Facebook, some little notes in Messenger, anything that says, I'm real curious about that. I want to get in on it. And I'll let you know how it goes. It's by invitation. You have to qualify. And if I'm your girl, we'll get going. And if I think I know someone that would serve you better, I will help you find that person. Because what I want you to understand about the call, the real call to be on your heroic journey and to get your book written, is that change is always around us. Whether we're feeling into it or not, change is natural. It's just as natural as winter coming upon us every year. And what we don't understand is we think we have to create change. But what the super coach author uh, Michael Neal taught me in his book, Super Coach, and once again in his book, The Space Within, is he says change is actually something that we resist. Yeah, because change is always going to happen. Change is not something that we make happen. So changes are happening constantly. And when losses are happening, when injuries are happening, when money seems to be flying down the drain, when things that we would call tragedy are going on in front of us and around us, we're being summoned to answer some sort of call on our heroic journey. In my writer's program, we work with this. What is it you're being called to do that feels a little naked, feels a little scary, feels like if you did it, you'd be out there on really icy ground all by yourself. 
In the springtime, it feels a little bit different. It's still a little nerve-wracking to be naked in the spring, but you've got a stronger foundation underneath you. And if you hire a coach, you've got someone who's going to walk it with you. There's usually something inside when you feel that your, your book has been on your bucket list too long. There's usually something inside knocking on the interior of your mind going, I could, I could write a page about this. I could write a few pages about this. I could actually write a chapter about this. The weird thing is if you write a chapter, you're going to see that you have so much left to write. And you could write chapters about this. And when your chapters become a plural thing, you're talking about a book. And I don't want that to stay on your bucket list unnecessarily when you're feeling inside. You're feeling the springtime come to be inside. You're seeing it on the outside because you're walking around. You're taking in the beauty that is blooming around you. But there's this thing knocking on the inside going, I I could wait until I'm 87 years old and write this book. Plenty of people have. Plenty of people have written a book when they were 87 years old. But if you've noticed, sometimes our faculties don't work at the same speed that we want when we're 87. Sometimes they do, especially if you've kept them in great shape, and especially if your whole plan was to write that book at 87. But you could write it at 57. You could write it at 47. You could write it at 37, and a lot of people at 37 think, I don't have enough life experience, and my bucket list, wow, I don't even need to be thinking about it at 37. Well, I'm going to challenge you. If your mind keeps saying, I want to write a book, it doesn't belong on your bucket list. It belongs in the springtime of your life, which is right here. Springtime is right here, and it's calling, and it's saying, let's get going. Now, you could reframe that bucket list and say, I really want to serve my own livelihood, and I want to serve other people, and I know that writing my book would do that. Writing your book, again, is not the same as publishing your book. The first thing you do is write your book. It's never in the other order. You never publish a book before it's written. You have to write it before you can publish it. You know that's true. You have to make the dress before you can wear it. You know that's true. So keep in mind, writing the book is the first step. It's drafting out those thoughts. You get to decide if you ever publish it. You get to decide how you're going to let it work for you. I've let mine work for me by allowing it to become my blog posts, by allowing it to become my content for radio shows, by allowing it to guide me through the process of teaching students. There are a lot of ways you can use the content in your book. But I'll tell you, the number one way that I've used the content in my manuscripts and that I bet most people do is that it helps you know who you really, really are. 
And you don't want to wait to the very end of your life to know that. That is not for your bucket list to know who you are. You really, really get in touch with who you are when you write your book. And if you don't want to commit to a book, let's just say when you write your story, when you commit to your truth on paper. Tammy asked, how do I put my very, very, very full, full, full life on paper? Well, you find what that theme is that keeps sprouting up and blooming in your life that you find ways to postpone. For my friend Don, it was his alcoholic journey. He wanted to leave a legacy for his children. For Victoria, it was around the story of abandonment and transcending the notion of losing someone when she was so young. For Carolyn, it was understanding that being born and identifying as a woman who is lesbian, even though her mother never, ever came out of her own closet and accepted her own life as a lesbian, even then, that Carolyn had the right and she had to the right to help women who also wanted to. This is a journey for anyone and for any theme. Getting into the springtime of your writing means allowing whatever you have put on your bucket list or put on your calendar for next year could actually happen now. And it's you saying, I want that call to be heard now. All right. I'm here every Thursday and I'm here to inspire you to live even more fully by these stories that are true for you and true for the books that you are writing. I'm Coach Debbie. I'll be back next Thursday, 4 o'clock, and the replay always offered Friday mornings for your drive to work. Until then, namaste, my friends.